Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Erwick is gone. The canisters are gone. We've got nothing here. Damn it! Hello, you are now on a secure channel and ready to listen to 24, the Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast. This is a podcast focused on the Fox television series 24 and its new mini-season, Live Another Day. I am executive mail clerk Aaron Newworth, writer for Why So Blue and host of the film podcast Out Now with Aaron and Aiden. With me is also from Why So Blue and the Naptown Nerd, Special Agent Brandon Peters. Hi, that's me. And from Cinemaxwell, it's Senior Director Maxwell Haddad. Salutations. I guess I'll just jump right into it. We have a special guest on this uh, this episode, which occurs in real time. Well, writer for Geek Nation and one of the hosts of Past the Effin' Remote podcast, it's Aaron Pruner. Hello! How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was a very brief thing that I was going to do a 24 recap show, but it never happened, so I appreciate the chance to uh, discuss with you all. I'm just happy to get another Aaron here. I mean, that's that's what I've been secretly hoping for this entire season of the 24. <laughs> should, should, should we should we introduce everyone to our rap duo? <laughs> <laughs> We've been outnumbered, Brandon. No, oh, the double we A have, Aarons. Have to hold strong. Or as in some sort, as in the LA circles, they call us Black Aaron and the Jew. Yeah, yeah. I... But that gets confusing <laughs> to me because Aaron, you're also a Jew. Yeah, it it, uh, it it overlaps. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah we keep talking about yourself and yourself. Yeah, we came up with that on uh, uh, the Gekin podcast at Geek Nation because there were two errands in the room, and it kept getting confusing who was talking to who. Yeah, so we just developed our own. We said we said screw this, and we left Gekin and just started our own show that nobody watches called The Black Aaron and the Jew. Yay, yay! <laughs> All right, so with all that said, this is a 24 podcast, so let's talk about it. Let's uh, go over, we're going to go over this week's episode, which was 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, Maxwell, you want to read the synopsis for this week's episode? I'd love to. Jack pursues final leads at all costs. Kate learns the truth about her husband. Audrey confronts Mark about his duplicity. The scope of the terror threat widens, and the potential devastation reaches new heights. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Yeah, this is a big... uh. A lot of things happened in this episode. A lot of there was so much happening. Oh man, it was a lot of things I would not have seen coming at all. Like I said last week, that my notes kind of exploded based on all the you know all Haziri action, which was not like discussed at all this week. But like this week, my notes were even bigger. Like I... the, set, the setup for this week would be like a tame bridge episode to like the final you know the calm before the storm, but it was anything but. Yeah, I think it's because we only have 12 episodes, and yeah. so instead of having, like, one, like, surprise appearance, we have two surprise appearances in this episode, and it just gets, like, crazy. But we'll get to all that, I guess, uh, let alone, like, deaths that happen in this episode. A lot of things happen in this episode. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And somehow we're going to recap it in a short amount of time, <laughs> so let's uh, let's get to that, I guess. I don't really have any announcements to go over. I mean, obviously, there's... I didn't even check the email this week. I got so excited about just doing the show. Let me see. Let's, let's see. Let's take... They're going to take time out of this podcast to really quick check the email see if we have any emails it's probably gonna be very disappointing you know if, if you were talking about mark's duplicity if this was the league we'd be talking about mark's duplicity 
Boom. Boom. Oh no. Oh, that's that's terrible. Um, there were no emails. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the end of that story. <laughs> just a, a usual note on the ratings. The show is holding steady with a, a 1.4 rating point and just under 6 million viewers. I think it suffered a little bit because people were excited for Under the Dome, but they didn't air at the same time. Wait, so. that's actually a thing? People actually get excited for that show? The ratings would suggest as much. Uh, CBS. Okay. <laughs> I that was the like that show tricked me. Like that for I watched like three episodes, like because people had said like, oh Stephen King, there's some incredible places I read that were like, yeah man, under the dome, and no, it was a total CBS show. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Well, CBS does have the best show on network television, so they're not all bad. Do but... not say the Big Bang Theory. No, the good wife. The good wife. Okay, okay. You you have, you have been spared by my wrath. Oh well, that concludes our mini under the dome recap episode. <laughs> we can yeah. Move on now, I think. Let's uh let's just get into it here. Let's get into episode <laughs> eight p.m. to nine p.m. These titles they're so they're great every week. Um and all right, so let's start off. Eight p.m. to nine p.m. The Ascension. There we there we go. Okay, so we open with Jack calling into Kate, telling her about Navarro and his treachery and that he's behind Jordan's death, and that he has the override device, and that he's just basically a bad a bad guy. He's, he's, not, he's not who everyone thought he was. Uh, Chloe learns that Adrian is, uh, he's not only getting the override device back, but he has des- he designed most of it before Yates stole it, and Adrian's plan is to apparently, so he says, save lives by exposing weapon systems to every nation. He also tells her that there's a, that he sold classified, that he sold classified information to acquired from Navarro to the Chinese to finance his operation. Because that will never come back to bite him in the ass. That's something that definitely isn't going to come back later on this episode. Jack is still like on the he's still on the street. He's still chasing after Navarro, who you know tried to escape last week. And we might have thought that chase concluded, but it didn't because they're still giving chase to each other. And so this early part of the episode revolves around Jack and Navarro chase, you know, having a cat and mouse chase go on. Leads to some kind of you know some tense stuff. I was really hoping a double decker bus would hit Navarro just like it hit Simone, but it didn't happen. They made you think it was coming though. It really seemed like oh well, yeah, there was one point for sure where it was like well. Man, bus could happen right any moment right now. Eventually, uh, Navarro gets on the phone of Adrian, insisting on knowing where you know everything you know is, so he can get out of there. He can have all his things, and so he leads him to a drop point where Adrian picks up like a passport and stuff that could presumably get him away. And he then hands off the override device. He kind of puts it through like a, a hole in a wall, <laughs> and Adrian takes it. Uh, Adrian takes it. He he gets out of there, and as soon as he does that, Navarro loses all contact with him and is just basically on his own and promptly gets caught by Jack and um, everyone, you know, and they bring him in. At that same time, Jack's like, wait a minute, I need that device. So he runs back into the, they're in the subway station um, and he's trying to find him. He spots Adrian and, and Chloe and they get on a subway train. And in one of the least believable moments of 24 ever, Jack Bauer does not manage to get on the subway train before it gets off. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, I thought I was the only one who thought that. I'm like, come on. Oh yeah. During my during the live tweeting I was doing last night, I definitely made that a point. It's like that's not Jack Bauer that I know. He would have got on that train. Uh, but yeah, so that that's like the that's the first part of this episode. A lot of things. A lot of things happen here. Nice. Jack's getting old. He can't just you know hit them subways anymore. Can I just mention something here? With over the first few episodes of this season, they made it a point to continually reference Kate Morgan's husband as a spy. And a traitor. And it, it became very noticeable to me that they kept talking about it. So I'm happy at least there's some sort of uh, wraparound with that storyline that it just didn't go nowhere. We'll definitely get there. But yeah, we brought it up on the on the past on this show as well that it's certainly come up enough that it might be a, more of a 
larger plot point in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say yeah, we expected that maybe he he something would happen, he'd pop up or something like that, but apparently he can't pop up. Yeah, we'll get to that reveal as well because I was very taken aback it's by like, something that I didn't know that happened. I don't think any of us knew that no. this was a thing. <laughs> it was just arrested. I mean, all they gave us. As a if I was a casual viewer, I may have been like, oh yeah, I knew that, but as someone that's you know recapping the show weekly and you know taking notes, I feel like that's something I would have remembered. And that just no, it was, yeah, yeah. Um, after the whole Navarro gets caught thing and the override device is still on the loose, Jack gets back to the CIA. He tells Kate and uh, and Eric uh, Ritter about who's now like in command, I guess. Tells him about um, Adrian and Chloe's involvement with what's happening here now that they have the override device. Kate then wants to know like what since they caught Navarro. Kate then wants to know like what's um what what Jordan was doing. Um, why he was killed and what's got wise Navarro involved in this. Um, we cut over to Heller. Heller tells Audrey he feels guilty for the loss of, of life and he's preparing, but he's still, you know, ready to get back in eight, uh, Air Force One and hand his office over to the, the vice president. It's a, that's a big, that's a big, uh, move, right? Is that for Heller to be like, you know what, I'm still gonna kind of stop being president? No, I mean, we, I mean, I didn't think he changed his mind on that. I mean, he, when he was ready to die, it seemed like, yeah, obviously he can't be president anymore, but, um, yeah. he didn't, I don't, I don't know, I, it seemed like, do you really need to just not be in office anymore? That's a, that was, I don't well, know, I think, the dude has when, Alzheimer's. Yeah, when, when, I think it came to a head when, um, Prime Minister Stephen Fry confronted him and, and he lied to him about it and he realized that, you know, I can't carry this charade on anymore. So he was first first step was to, you know, resign his office to the vice president. And I think second was, you know, I'm going to sacrifice myself because there was still time. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you know, it would be great if uh, Prime Minister Stephen Fry had an assistant or a partner and it would be Prime Minister Hugh Laurie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you for getting that, by the way. <laughs> anyway, uh, as this is going on, Mark walks in and Adri, Adri, Audrey like freaks out at him, which I enjoyed because I like seeing Mark take shit, basically. But um, <laughs> Mark, um, he, he basically says like, I got a phone call to share with you, and and um, Eric is on the line and he fills in the president and Audrey on what's gone on with this override device and how their director is, you know, <laughs> not the good guy that he you know claimed to be. And all that. As we get that information, Kate is then told that Navarro was in fact responsible for the illegal activities that her husband was said to be involved in. This angers Kate quite a bit. Tries to go after him, but uh, you know she's backed away by Eric in time, and uh, she goes she goes in her other room to you know consider what information she just revealed. Then we get to this amazing scene where Jack asks. Actually, no. Let me back up. No, he doesn't ask. He doesn't ask. Yeah, he doesn't ask. But let me back up. Heller does tell Eric that Jack gets what Jack wants, which is, I think, like the second time that's happened in this, in this like season where Heller's like, Jack gets what Jack wants, to which, to, to which, um, to which Eric kind of sighs about, but he's like, you know, whatever. Um, so then, then we get to Jack telling Ritter that he needs to question Navarro and that he's the guy that, he's the, he's the guy for the job. Eric says something about like, if you go over the line, I'll have to pull you off or something like that. But Jack then, you know, he, he clears the conversation with just so we're clear. I wasn't asking. That was me being courteous, which is just perfect Jack Bauer in a nutshell. Can you imagine Jack Bauer in a nutshell? <laughs> I don't want to because it... <laughs> Poor nutshell. <laughs> Sorry. That nutshell wouldn't hold him for long. Oh, yeah. So Jack does, uh, he, does talk, he does get to talk to Kate a bit about, um, uh, about what's going on and how um, 
what happened didn't need to happen, which is when we then learned that Kate's husband killed himself in jail. We, this is something we learned for the first time, that we thought he was just kind of, you know, rotting away or something. But yeah, he had a life sentence, and apparently, apparently, um, while uh, when Kate was visiting him at some point, he could, Kate makes aware that, that he could see how he, that she just stopped believing that he was innocent, and that that just pushed him over the line, and he eventually killed, he hanged himself. She said hung, and I frowned at the TV show for that, but he hanged himself. And, mm-hmm. um... Yeah, so we, ha- we we get that bit of information, and we'll get back to that later when there's a deeper conversation about it. But for now, we get to Jack, who goes to Navarro, and sorry, in special activities for some enhanced negotiations, um, a.k.a., you know, torture. Yeah! Jack asks the simple question, Navarro puts on... I like Benjamin Bratt in this mode. Like, this is like seems like what he signed on for, to be like Weasley guy. <laughs> like, Benjamin Bratt's really good at this, because he's like, I want immunity. And um, so, you know, we get the, get, the, get the part of machine ready, the 24 standard part of machine ready, because Navarro wants immunity. He watched season one through eight before yeah, this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, but season one through eight had Jack Bauer biting people's necks open. Well, he, he goes a, he goes only a notch lower where Navarro, smug as he is, Jack does not give in to this and says, you're going to give me the answers whether you like it or not. And he then just smashes his hand. He says, no, no. He says, immunity is not on the table, but your hand is. And yeah. then he <laughs> his hand into the table. It was great. He takes his gun and just smashes his hand. Yes. He's immediately pulled out of the room. And that's the end of that that part of the that break, which was awesome. A lot of Jack doing just cool, just saying cool things this week. It's like every week he's had something for last at least last three or four. Not as many dammits as I'd like. There's one dammit this episode. There wasn't any last. There was like two sobs, but only but no dammits at all last week. And then this week we had one dammit. So I was like, all right, that's that's better. You know, back on back on getting back on track with Jack. And that's what this podcast should be called. Getting, getting back, back on track with Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts on this old set? Like finding about 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 uh, Kate's uh, dead husband? I think that's a, something pretty I, significant. I, I think we uh, finding out he was dead. I mean, that was the shocker for me. I mean, I think we all assumed all along that he was, you know, something was going to come to light, whether he was going to be innocent or, you know, some mastermind behind things, which mastermind behind things was highly unlikely if we just knew he was in jail. But I figured he'd be cleared. At some point, yeah, we're not getting a not getting a happy ending for that one. I mean, it opens things up for Jack for the Jack and uh, the Jack and Kate relationship, I guess. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, that's uh, there's another scene later which I think is actually pretty well acted that we'll discuss too. But I mean, yeah, it's it changes, I guess, a perspective on how to take the Kate character. And it makes it, it makes her more understandable in a sense, given that he's been yeah. dead this whole time, as opposed to just she, like in she's jail. more of a nothing to lose person as opposed to someone you know fighting for. I don't know, to prove herself in some other light. Exactly, yeah. Definitely frames her actions in a more understandable context and simultaneously makes her a more sympathetic character, which makes me wonder why they waited ten episodes to reveal that little nugget. You think maybe it was in deleted diet? You know, they usually cut about three to four minutes. That's what I was about to say. It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder if they did have that earlier on, and I can't imagine them forgetting that this might be something crucial, but at least thinking they have some logic that explains, like, why it's better to reveal it now as opposed to much earlier. Or they didn't realize it. Hey, I mean, if they're still going to do a 24 movie, maybe she's going to have a part in it. There you go. Or even, and this is a broad way to, or a much, you know, a different avenue to take, but maybe they wanted to keep her, to keep Kate more ambiguous just in case... To keep out, keep the keep up the idea that she could possibly be a mole or something like that by not revealing that information. It but might... she was, yeah, with her husband on it. Yeah, the exa- exactly. Maybe there's some. There could have been something. Like you could have, been in the back of your mind, been thinking that there's something more to what's going on that might see her, see her as a villain as opposed to a as a hero. Which she, you know, she 
kind of obviously is, but... Yeah, I think it was up until this episode that I, in my mind, had uh, this possible fanfic of a 24 Chuck crossover. But when uh, she brought <laughs> up her husband's uh, hanging himself, I sort of snapped out of that fantasy of a Sarah Walker, uh, Kate Morgan uh, hybrid. If we had a flashback to to, to goof, do Goofy Zach Levi <laughs> hanging himself in a prison... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd watch that on repeat. I'm sorry. I mean, sorry. Let's move on. Uh, Mark wants the uh, wants a pardon readied. Um, Mark's just useless in this. Episode. He just kind of, uh, he just keeps saying things that quickly go over the other way. Mark wants he, like telling his his um, gravelly voice guy that he wants a pardon readied. Then Audrey comes in to talk to Mark. They get into conversation. Mark backs away from what Audrey's talking about, basically to bring up that you've been after Jack this whole time. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, dude, it's been like like 10 hours like <laughs> do you think she's going back on all of her wedding vows because she saw jack again but mark mark seems pretty irate about this whole thing which uh, eventually leads to him talking to the mustachioed Rus- russian ambassador and he tell he, he gives him information about how to take out bauer so yeah by, that... by the way can you imagine the casting process for that russian ambassador like <laughs> i, I don't want to m- see it as a bonus <laughs> feature <laughs> you know what i'm saying like how many people came in and looked just just russian in that room I, I, I would just picture just a bunch of just potatoes and vodka and mustaches and fur. I've just assumed that, like, was Rade Servadaya? Does anyone know who that is when I say that name? Oh, yeah, that? absolutely. Was, was he, he on 24? Not available. Yeah, was he on, I was thinking, was he on 24 in any of the other eight seasons? Because it seems like he could have been a bo- Boris, have Boris been. the Bullet Dodger from Snatch, for those that don't. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. I know you do, yeah. but for listeners that play perhaps don't know who Rade Servadaya is. <laughs> he was on 24. He was? That's Day good. 6. <laughs> For eight oh. episodes, Dmitry Gradenko. Oh, yes, oh, I know who you're talking okay, about. Okay, I remember yeah. that. So he had an even bigger role than this. Yeah. Also the yeah. villain in Taken 2, and pretty and he's in Mission Impossible 2. He's pretty much, anytime you need like a, a Russian character actor, Radez or, Vidal, or even Eastern European, I don't even know. Why do they call Russian. him the bullet dodger? Because he dodges bullets, Abby. <laughs> okay, so that solves that question. So yeah, <laughs> he was taken already. And that makes perfect sense to me. That makes as much sense of him already being on 24 as us questioning why Tate Donovan hasn't already been on 24. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you sure he wasn't another character previously? I'm still not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> right. There was one actor, I can't remember, he played. He has been on 24 twice as two different characters. I can't remember his name. This I... was a David Milch show. That would happen all the time. He was one of the, he was one of the, um, I think he was one of the Turkish brothers in the, the uh, PC episode in season four where they're like, not all Turkish people are bad, Jack Bauer. Okay. And then he came back later. He came back later as like that uh, that framed um, bomber uh, guy in one season. I can't remember mm. where that you know he was like you know racially profiled as a terrorist, or the the, the terrorist made sure it looked like he was one of them, and he wasn't, and strapped right. a bomb and had him instructed to go places. Yeah, I can't remember the actor's name. You've seen him in a ton of things, but that's I think that's the only person that's ever played two people. Who's a Who's a bigger piece of garbage, Navarro or Boudreaux? I mean, Navarro legit set up a, a man that, you know, killed himself and, and, and sold, you know, his, you know, did traitorous acts to his country. Yeah, but yeah. forging the president's signature is also a traitorous act. Yes, <laughs> I, except I can, you're I, dealing with the president that has Alzheimer's and probably maybe would forget that he signed something. But I can, well, al- I can also see there's a, a greater good, I guess, intended in what's going on based on him doing that to satisfy both his wife's needs and the president's well, needs, whereas... Oh, I just, I just well, wait, wait, at least, at least Navarro. Navarro's got... Tag in the hole. 
Yeah, well, I think Navarro's got higher purpose with what he's doing. Mark is just like, nah, get away from my girl, Bauer. <laughs> I mean, that's what he, I mean, that's what he's doing. Well, I mean, did, Mar- did, did Mark's actions lead to any explosions this week? Because I think Navarro's did. I, <laughs> All right, let me Mark, the Mark Who's more attack- pathetic? Oh, Mark's more pathetic, easily. I mean, I, I you don't see, I don't, I mean, smug Benjamin Bratt in the interrogation room taking off his shirt. That's not pathetic to me. <laughs> he's certainly been, he's certainly been caught in a bad situation, but that's not pathetic. Mark do is we, easily. Do we know his uh, motivations, or did I miss that? I don't think they're. I think it's just money. I think that's that seems money like, always I, comes down to money. Yeah. I mean, we don't know totally, but Mark, I mean, he kept Bauer in the dark from the president. Which had he brought that to light sooner, I mean. Things might have gone a bit. He, he's uh, just—he's just like the the nerd in high school who's trying to keep his girlfriend secret from his friends. Yeah, his—he's afraid I, his girlfriend's looking over his shoulder every time they're together. Yeah, I, I mean, I can at least see from his perspective where he's coming from, where he has this wife that has you know had horrible things happen to her based on this man that's just suddenly emerged again, and he doesn't know if this man is fighting for the U.S. or against the like. I I can see where he's coming from. I'm not saying his actions are you know valid, but I. I get uh, that angle. <laughs> we will that see. This is a that... relationship podcast, but gentlemen, honesty is always the best policy. For sure. Uh, but no, Mark's actions will indeed cause some damage by the end of this episode. It did cause a potential death. I mean... Well, a lot I mean, of deaths. I yeah. mean, if, if you think what he... It, had Jack Bauer not been delayed here at the end of the episode, he may have been able to prevent something that will happen True. later. One could so, argue that Boudreaux and Navarro were simultaneously responsible for the explosion. Discuss yeah. soon. All right. Not that not that Navarro isn't a rat. Let's just put them both in a cage and have them fight it out to the death. No weapons. Oh, that's still Benjamin Bratwood. Like, when's Tay Donovan winning a fight? Like, yeah. where's that? Where's that <laughs> happening? Like, he could fight, win a... fight to the death. Winner goes to the Russians. Like, this is Tay Donovan, the, 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 the bum <laughs> from goes to the Russians. The bum boat living father from OC. Like, I'm not I'm not seeing Tay Donovan <laughs> winning many fights. <laughs> anyway, so many tangents. I'm not even going to backtrack anymore. I don't need to. Basically, the Russian, the Russian ambassador is like, I'm going to reveal things if you don't do what I need. So, yeah, that, there's that. That's that's There's Mark's motivation right now. Don't get caught. Moving forward, Chloe tries to take the override device away from Adrian. She's not really down with what his plans are. Adrian forces her to get back in the car. By the way, we talked about how Adrian looked more evil last week, and then I found a picture, and I saw exactly why. It's because, like, <laughs> when he was in hacker mode, his hair was all brushed down and nice, but now he's, like, his hair's all flipped up and, like, evilly. So that's... That, that I noticed that completely. Like, he was, took a shower. He took a shower, but he took a shower and he greased up his hair a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bedhead can do wonders. Yeah. Moving on to the, another cool moment of the show, um, with Navarro wanting nothing but immunity before he gives any answers. Kate supposedly Kate gets in there and is like, "I'm going to do this my way." She takes a gun, she goes in, she holds him, holds a gun to his head, and, and just says all these things about how you lied, how you lied, made me trust you, and all that nonsense. And and Navarro's. You know, he's sweating a bit because he doesn't exactly like guns being held to his head with the intent of being shot in the face. Um, Jack comes in. He tries to tell Kate to calm down and whatnot. Kate does not back off, and Navarro eventually gives in some key information about where to find the override device. And then we get the big reveal uh, that this was all part of a very very clever plan to get Navarro to talk. Anyone see this coming? Yes. Yes. Yeah, right? At first it was like, okay, and then you just – as it – Sat there playing and kind of got the idea. The second Jack, because I'm familiar with Jack Bauer's like book of tricks. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. As soon as she came in, I was like, she's doing Jack. This is this is Jack. Yeah, the yeah. second the second Jack walked in, I was like, all right, well that's that's what that's happening. <laughs> so. I was almost like Navarro, you fell for this. Psh, 
Yes. Navarro is not a smart man. No, he <laughs> won't. This is just not, not his day. It seems like he... in the wall and expected a magical car to pick him up and take him off to safety. Bitch, please. It's, it seems like this is just not <laughs> his day. Language. It seems like every other, like, day that he's been, like, this evil guy, like, he was on his A-game, but this day's like, wow, nothing's going right. This is just a, <laughs> a comedy of errors for Navarro today. He just got blown up in that house, too. Yeah. <laughs> because this is the day that Jack Bauer entered his life. Being a weasel was fine until this day. Uh, Heller meets with his generals who advise him to keep the override information from other, from other key countries. Boudreaux comes in and learns that they have a lead on the override. And Jack is heading up the mission to retrieve it, which leads him to panic about, you know what, maybe the Russians shouldn't be uh, doing this. Jack is on the mission? What's amazing, if Mark's tried to, and I, I thought of this like a, like a half a beat after Mark did it. But like, so Mark calls the Russians and apparently gets the answering <laughs> machine because that's yes. what happens. They don't answer their phone. And Mark's, and if Mark's tried to cover his ass so much, it's like, don't be leaving messages on their machine. Oh, it was hilarious. He, he like, he's like, yeah, you better stop that. This is the third time I've called. This is the third time I've tried you. You better stop. And then he goes, give me a call when you get this. TTYL, Mark Boudreau, by the way. Sorry, see you later. And can I just say that the... I'll try texting. The Russian's voicemail is just as scary as that Russian dude in person. You've reached the operations lines of the Russian ambassador. I cannot get back to you at this time. I am vaxxing my mustache. Yeah. Man, what if Warner Herzog was a guest villain on 24? Where's that season? I would. Oh, season 10 of 24, Werner Herzog. <laughs> we leave in a cliffhanger, and he should be revealed as like the big Russian bad. Oh my God, that'd be if he's the man in charge. Moving. <laughs> Jesus. Um, he wasn't in this episode. No. So moving on, uh, Jack and Jack's going after the device. Kate's in the car, and they have this good conversation. Uh, they talk about the, uh, the the guilt that Kate has over her husband's suicide. Uh, Kate asks Jack what you know what to do, and he basically says live with it. Um, and they get into an explanation, and Jack Jack talks kind of he kind of references um, the kind of the killing spree I guess he went on last time we saw Jack when Renee after Renee Walker died. With sharing these stories, he just kind of says you got, he, that he eventually forgave himself, and that's what Kate has to do. It's a well acted scene. I like the scene quite a bit because this is an episode that's very heavy on plot, and you don't always get time to see these actors you know act in a way that suggests more than just we need to do this thing. So seeing them reflect on something, I like that. Yeah, they had a golden opportunity for Jack to say live with it. I mean, like, you just live another day. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> so moving on, uh, Chloe and Adrian arrive at their new HQ. I really thought I was going to see like this whole like elaborate HQ setup, but no, we, we see none of that. We just see instead just terrible things because it was the, creepy. Yeah. the like, yeah, It's the, the, the ghost town of hackers where we see his entire team's been killed like pretty brutally. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was, wow. I did not see this coming at all. It, it, it reminded, it reminded me of a scene in event horizon. You know, the yeah. <laughs> yes. is just brutally murdered. Man, if Jack Bauer went to space and like rehashed the plot of space jail, I'd be oh. that as well. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jack Bauer in the future. <laughs> it's like alien resurrection. Jack Bauer gets thawed out and he has to like solve some starring Michael Wincott. Has to, yeah, exactly. So he has to <laughs> tie it in. So he has to stop some kind of prison breakout in space. This would be amazing. Let's make this a show. Let's do this. Uh, so many ideas this week. Going with all this plot this week. Anyway, Chloe and Adrian see all this horribleness. Adrian's like, we need to get out of here right now. Chloe's like, I need to stand here and reflect on the horrible things. Adrian's <laughs> saying the logical thing. We need to – people are dead. We need to leave. They don't leave. And then we get, like, a whip-pan turnaround, and suddenly the Chinese appear. Um, <laughs> and not, not just any Chinese, the very Chang! same Chinese, Chang, who kidnapped Jack Bauer and Audrey in previous seasons. 
if there's ever a way to wrap things into previous 24 mythology, this is a good way to do it. I, I thought he was left for dead. I, I was, I, I can't say I was caught up on what Chang's whereabouts were at the end of the last time we saw him, but he had a big scar on his face, so, yeah, you know. Well, something. I thought he was on that, uh, rig that Papa Bauer was left. Yeah, and he had a big, like, I got blown up in this rig it, scar on his face. Big, so. yeah. Okay. <laughs> one of those, one of those classic I got blown up rig scar on my face face scars. Yep. Yes. So that, that explains that one right there. That's all you need when you have 12 episodes. Yeah? Well, no, it's, it's fine. It was a great surprise, and I was like, whoa! It was a surprise. I did mean, not see this coming. Yeah, I guess it took me a half a second to be like, oh, wait, we know him, which Chloe then confirmed by saying, this is, this is the guy that did all this stuff. So. This is the exposition for those of you who may have just started watching on season nine. Exactly. So Chang is there because he believed that Adrian, he was paying Adrian to develop the device for him and not the rest of the world. Chang's men then connect the device but find it's been altered for the drone programs. So Chang orders Chloe to help fix it. He uses some aggressive negotiation tactics by shooting Andrea in the knee, uh, which point I tweeted on the live tweet, they shot Wincott, <laughs> which I didn't think I was going to have to tweet twice, but there we go. So that's happening. Big change, yeah. We, <laughs> I, guess, I guess that worked. Uh, my, part of my frustration with, the, was, with this episode was that we have the Russians and the Chinese coming in at the same time, and it's like if there is ever... <laughs> If there was ever a reason to have, like, a couple more episodes than just 12, this would be it, because that's a lot to take in. But Yeah, there's only two episodes left. I know, right? There's, yeah. I'm hoping for some kind of, some kind of Maybe Jack... next week the Russians and Chinese will just kill each other, and Jack will just sit there and smoke a cigarette. That's what I hope. I thought there's some kind of Jack Bauer-Yojimbo situation that happens where he just gets both sides to shoot everybody, or it's some kind of Tony Scott-Mexican standoff ending or something. But Rest yeah, we get to Mark, who's frantically calling to stop the, the hit on Jack Bauer. No one's answering there. Uh, Chloe, she does, she kind of does the work, but she, like, installs some kind of virus, but it doesn't matter because Chang's men were watching her the whole time. Uh, this seems kind of like a, this was some quick jargon, but they're like, it's a, we were watching you the whole time. We knew that you did something to kind of sabotage us, but you did everything you needed to while also giving us a look at what you did so we can stop the bad things, but still keep the good things and part of our evil scheme to blow up stuff. I think that's the best way to say it. After she's finished doing all that, she gets to talk to Adrian again, and Adrian lays on some heavy exposition as well. He's like, by the way, Chloe, while we're on our, you know, our last lift, our last limbs here, um, I have some information to tell you that's completely going to change your world and make you think that I was probably not so honest as I could have been because your family was not, in fact, killed by an assassination squad looking to get back at Jack Bauer. It was just a simple accident, which is horrible. Um, so there's that. There's that bit of reveal. And that and that death, that accident, that is what led Chloe down this road to a horrible fashion sense. Is that right? That's what uh, yeah. with the makeup and the haircut and that was it. That was the watershed moment in her life that made her decide to go down this uh, Russian gothic look that she's sporting. I, I, I she didn't like, want just to let herself know she was sad. She needed to let other people know she was feeling sad. I, I'd like to think that she was like reading Girl with the Dragon Tattoo at a coffee shop like and like her fam her husband called her and they're like, I picked up the, the kid and we're on our way, honey. And as that happened, with the horrible accident that happened, happened. And this Elizabeth like, Salander gets me. Ex yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she just took Elizabeth Salander to heart and went for that style. Because I would get it. I would understand more if she was, I don't know, a, an addict now or, you know, drinking a lot, dealing with that. No, I'm just going to put on some raccoon-style makeup and cut my hair all weird and dye it black. And I mean, think of how old Chloe is by this time in the 24-hour timeline. Is she really digging this stuff? Like, Maybe she just <laughs> wants to fit in with the stuff. other members of Open Cell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Find me the nearest hot topic. Huh. 
Yeah, I was just curious. It doesn't really make any sense to me, but okay. So yeah, we we get the kind of reveal that she's not responsible for or that she's not responsible for what happened to her family. A lot of similar reveals, of this, I guess, this week in terms of kind of relations to people and how them expiring has affected their own lives. But um, anyway, as all that happens, Chang is then like, "All right, well, we, we don't need one of you at least." So he kills he kills Adrian. They shot Wincott again right in the head. And that's the end of Michael Wincott on the show. Not quite as evil as we might have expected, but certainly, uh, certainly it didn't go down swinging either. That was a big thing, right? Yeah, you yeah didn't no, just get was... shot right in the head. I mean, I think I, I mean, as soon as we switched hands to the Chinese, his 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 clock just stopped ticking. Right? Yeah, um, it, it did make me want, like <laughs> if there was one because like... we we talked about a lot how um how uh, Margot was such a big threat this season where it's like it's hard to think of a reason to have another villain that would be more vicious than the one that cuts off the finger of her daughter and does all these has you know crazy drone plans but bringing back Chang and his you know his his Chinese mercenary squad like let alone Russians yeah, I guess they're doing a pretty good job of trying to up the ante in terms of Yeah. Oh, I mean, we we talked about how this season wasn't doing the the guy behind the guy behind the guy thing and here it, boom, it did. Yeah. <laughs> like within like one and a half episodes, we've had it switch hands like twice. And it it works in the realm of its classic 24, I guess. Yes. Uh, but I'm certainly but, not Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say it also works a little bit better because as other Aaron was saying earlier, these seeds were planted early on. Yes. Yeah, you for know, sure. we've heard about the the Chinese were mentioned. The Russians have been in the picture for a long time. So even though the main focus was Margot, all this other stuff that was seemingly subplot it was actually plot plot. I appreciate yeah. you calling me the other Aaron, but I would appreciate it more if you called me the Jew. <laughs> but if I talk call you the Jew, I could be talking about three-fourths of the people on this podcast. I, I would, right. yeah. I, uh, I get left out. You were uh, chosen. Uh, <laughs> Yes, Maxwell, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I do think it's in the realm of 24. It certainly feels organic without and even moving on past Margot. It doesn't feel like her plot line feels like negated because of where we're at now. It still feels like that was important to go through. And now we're on to this other thing that's also important. Definitely. I mean, it's still silly and funny. And oh, yeah, it's 24. Like, <laughs> it doesn't exist in any like reality in which I live my life, but in terms of its 24-ness, it's relatively well-constructed. Yeah, as the, as the three of us are happy to admit that Sleepy Hollow is certainly a ridiculous show, it's just, when you see that, when you see a show with a premise such as that, and still have it take itself, you know, a sense of serious that makes sense within the context of said series, and is well done in that fashion, it works. Like, it's, there's, yep. there's plenty of shows that don't do that well. And this just it just this just seems like a there's certain seasons of 24 that don't do that well, but this just seems in the upper tier of like how 24 works best. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So with all that said, uh, Jack and Kate still on the way. I was gonna say Jack and Kate plus eight. Jack and Kate still on the way to a uh, final uh, show, right? <laughs> uh, it's just about their covert team, eight of them. Uh, they're still on their way to find the override device, but suddenly they get knocked into by a giant <laughs> Russian truck, um, which a gunfight a, a gunfight a gunfight then ensues. Um, which kind of brings their plot to the end of this episode, Jack, and and they're they're both like immediately just out of the car. By the way, like none of they're neither of them are injured by what just happened, which is a giant truck crashing into their SUV. But um, they're cool. They're they're just like let's let's start shooting the guys. Let's do this. Shoot at them. Yeah. So that's happening. Meanwhile, I love that they start shooting at them. They didn't even take a second to be like, um, was that an accident? Or... Yeah. Right. <laughs> guns. Yeah. So that's happening. Then we get back to Chang. 
and we learned that he has some plans up his sleeve. He, uh, once they get the override device working the way they want it to, they have his, Chang has his men send a message to the USS Massachusetts, a nuclear submarine, with orders to sink a Chinese aircraft carrier. And these, these guys are just like, well, that's what it says. I, I like that they're just so, like, intent, like, let's do it now. Like, this, this is a good day for this, right? Like, a lot of stuff's happened, guys, but no, no, we, we, I, we can tell hey, I, I, I've seen enough submarine dramas to know that when you get an order like that that has been, you know, officiated. You right? No, you just do, I mean, you just do it. <laughs> That's not, just, no, it's not, it's not the order I'm questioning. It's just Chang. It's like, he got his override device. He could probably do this at any time at this point. He's like, no, I'm going to do it right now. Like, this is, it's been a big day. It's been a big, I've killed a lot of people, a lot of hackers. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah no, the, the, the air, the submarine thing. I get that. Yeah, that happens, I guess. That's how that's supposed to work. Or, you know, at least in terms of cinematic terms. But no, the Chang, like, got the device. I killed that guy. I have a hostage. No one knows that I'm here. There's no immediate threat that needs to go on, given that England's already been through a lot today. I guess I can crank up the world threats quite a bit by just bombing something right away. That seems... Well, <laughs> he does have the Dr. Evil scar. You know, he has to <laughs> He has to back that up. Yeah. So, with that, he sends the orders to the aircraft carrier, or to the, the sub, and they launch a couple torpedoes at the aircraft carrier, and the episode ends with Chloe watching on the screen as the Chinese ship, you know, takes a big hit. And uh, with an con- explosion much more convincing than the Wembley explosion, by the way. I really I yes. thought that was a pretty good effect. Although, the, it, luckily, it was in a small screen, but the, the uh, torpedoes searching through the water looked kind of poor. But yeah, that, the, yeah, and that was funny that it happened exactly as the screen turned to smaller. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, no, not to linger on it too much. Yeah, so Jack, Jack and Kate plus eight are shooting at people. And uh, the big explosion happened. I'm sure you know everyone else saw that the big explosion happened. So yeah, everything is happening. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of threads left open at the end of this, and and Mark's frantically leaving messages on the uh, the answering machine as well. Of course, can't forget that one. I'd like to be like you know the last like four minutes of this season be that Russian guy. Oh, I got some messages on my phone. <laughs> hey, it's Mark. There's Hi. also like a bunch of DMs from Twitter. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can just see like Mark sitting there going, "Hey, you haven't called me back yet. Uh, this is my tenth message. Um, you hey, know, I just calling. <laughs> I think something happened on my phone. Um, to see maybe it was you calling. I didn't. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. My phone was turned off. I don't know if I missed any phone calls from you. <laughs> So yeah, with all, let's stop riffing for a second. <laughs> what do we think of this episode overall? Oh, I loved it. It was great. It was just. I mean, it was basically two to three episodes of normal 24 just really crammed into one. Like, I mean, before we'd have, like, one episode is Navarro getting interrogated, and then another would be a bit of Adrian in control chasing Chloe, and then uh, Chang taking over the the hackers and stuff. But, you I know, this was a, awesome. Just bam, bam, bam. I actually had a crazy thought that, like, what if they, like, torture Navarro for, like, hours, and that's where our time jump comes in, but that, that didn't happen. No, that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> now, there's also a really cool moment that I, I forgot it was in my notes here, but um, early on and during the chase with Jack and Navarro, there was a really cool shot where Navarro was turning to go down an alley, and Jack came around the corner, and shot at him, and Navarro left just as like a spark was like behind him, like Jack just barely missed him, but you could tell that shot was right on the money with Navarro, just like a split second off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's really also sweet. that scene where Navarro's like waiting behind some boxes and Jack's like coming up on it. It gave me like no country vibes. It was right it was like <laughs> around that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was it was definitely near that that part, yeah. Yeah, that was, was all all that chase stuff was pretty cool. A lot of action, a lot of cool twists. It was much uh, better than Jordan gets chased by anonymous assassin chase. And whines and cries, yes. Yeah, no, this was a fun action packed twist filled episode and just you know, 
they've got a lot in the tank. It's awesome. Maxwell? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think these episodes continue to be really good and filled with twists and action and, and also nice character moments. Like, uh, you know, we talked about the moment between Jack and Kate in the car. It's like not forgetting to also make us care and, and give us those moments that make it all worth watching. Sure. And Aaron, you loved it too, right? Yeah, it's everything I want in an episode of 24, quite honestly. I mean, look, when the show went off the air four years ago, I was sad, although I hated season eight. So I feel like they're redeeming themselves with season nine. And here's hoping something was going to happen after season nine ends. Who knows? I feel like they're going to leave something open for a possible movie or another season. But I I really enjoyed this episode. Cool. Yeah, it certainly seems like we're on the same page in terms of our thoughts on 24 because yeah we weren't the biggest fans of season eight either but yeah we're just lucky that they've done such a good job of all things considered these episodes could have been garbage i mean yeah they they definitely i mean you saw that with between season six and seven season seven wasn't like the best season of 24 but was a really solid one and they had had a yeah they had had a a year off between six and eight for sure yeah seven was like sandwiched between two probably the worst seasons of 24 but i mean they had a year off between six and seven and and they calm themselves down on the escalation of stuff and just made a really solid season. And here they've had what, four years off, and, man, they're, it's fresh again for them, and you can really tell. My only real major complaint so far is no Aaron Pierce. It's like each week is the end Oh, yeah. Every week it's like, nope. Yeah, I agree. I love Aaron Pierce. There's still two more, maybe he'll still show up. Still two more episodes. Yeah. It's like, who's hey, they, there, they who's there what, what Jack saves the day, who's there waiting for him when he lands his helicopter back in the United States for the first time, but Aaron Pierce, right? Yeah. Right? Yes. Welcome yes. home, Mr. Bauer. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? It'd be great if, you know, like in my fantasy um, fanfic ending where, you know, Jack hands uh, Mark off to the, the Russians um, instead of Jack, uh, that... He goes to hand him off, and someone grabs his hand and says, I'll take care of this, Jack, and it's Aaron Pierce. <laughs> I mean, my current fanfic ending is, like, Star Wars-style Jack, uh, Kate, and Chloe are walking down an aisle, and there's Aaron Pierce at the end handing a medal to two yeah. of them, but not all three. There we go. <laughs> and then, you know, big celebration music plays at the end. And, there we go. Anyway, I think we're past the, the point of, of moles, so I'm not even going to bring that up anymore. <laughs> but that'd be surprising. On a scale of 1 to 10, how bad do you feel for Eric Ritter? Three, maybe. I don't feel too bad for him. You just get, I, I was like, I was watching an episode of Jack and Kate plus eight, and there was like a commercial break, and it was Eric Ritter like, please guys, just let me be a part of it. <laughs> he's alive though. Left out. Yeah, well, he's alive. He has oxygen in his lungs. I, 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 we're just really on Mark Watch. I think that's the one that I'm most curious about. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> where, where, where's his end game here? Like, if the Russians all get killed by Jack and Kate, which has to happen, I'd imagine, or something like that. I mean, that. Mark's marriage is pretty much over. Seems that way. It's Although bad. Audrey's like, he's claiming, she's like, you know, she's in it to win it. So, I mean, yeah. that's how she phrased it, I'm sure. That's, that's the initial line they changed. I think he would have accepted that more than what she told him. <laughs> I'm in it to win it, honey. <laughs> I'm also I'm also on a time jump watch. I mean, the, unless they were joking when they said it's happening. Yeah, I mean, we're closer and closer to my own thought, which is, you know, the last five minutes of the episode is when the time jump happens, but we'll see. Very possible. So, anyway, with all that said, Brandon, what's uh, going on next week? Next week, which, um, Aaron? Yeah? They said yeah. it's going to occur in real time. Oh, God. <laughs> um... Audrey pursues diplomatic channels to prevent a full-scale war. Meanwhile, Jack leads Kate and Mark on a mission to locate their target before it's too late and the world is changed forever. Did I say Mark? Yeah. What? So we'll, we'll is he see. going on the field? Why would Mark go on the field? I, I know why. 
I, I know why. He's trying I, to get a hold of the Russians still. Hey, hey, I, no, I, I just no, pop no, on okay. over. Can, can I say why? Why? Because this is Jack Bauer's way of playing matchmaker to bring husband and wife back together. <laughs> <laughs> they will rekindle their love out in the field in the midst of battle and threats of their life and world peace. And, uh, and it'll all be because of Jack. Love is a battlefield, baby. We'll see where that goes, I guess. Then that's it. That's going. That's what's. That's it. That's all. That's all there is. Um, we are now nearing the end of our transmission for this week, so feel free to email us at uh, jcadventurecast at gmail or follow us on Twitter at jcadventurecast, and of course follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash jcadventurecast, and you can follow our show on iTunes, of course, and at hhwlod.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our site, along with other cool shows about comics and TVs and fun stuff like that. With that said, Aaron Pruner, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Flux, like Eon Flux, but with the name Aaron instead. Uh, I'm also on Facebook at Aaron Flux, and I do contribute to Geek Nation. My podcast, Pass the FN Remote, is on Twitter at FN Remote, and on Facebook at Pass the FN Remote. Awesome. Maxwell? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell or go to cinemaxwell.com. And Brandon? You can go to my blog, Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com, and I also write for Why So Blue Like Aaron, uh, Black Aaron, not the Jew. Thank you. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitter at BT Peters. I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. I have my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where I write all my written movie reviews as well as post the episodes of my other podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, which is also on iTunes. So... Uh, Aaron Pruner, thank you for joining us this week. It's, always, it's nice to have a guest for the first time on this show. Hey, thanks for having me. For sure. It's always, of course, it's always fun for Brandon Maxwell and I to do this show, but, you know, bringing in some, some new fun late in the game, it's, uh, why not? The new flavor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with all that said, Aaron, I think it's your turn to pick up a little fact for us. Okay. Upon hearing that he was played by Kiefer Sutherland, Jack Bauer killed Sutherland. Jack Bauer gets played by no man. <laughs> Thank you, and good night. Mm-hmm.